Welcome to AI Marketing, a podcast for sales and marketing professionals that want to increase their sales, leads, and conversions through the use of artificial intelligence solutions. And now, here's your host, Mark Fridelman. Welcome to the AI Marketing. Today, we are going to talk to Jamie McCann, who admittedly has not used AI. He's very familiar with it, but he hasn't used it yet. And the reason I brought Jamie on the show is because I wanted you to hear what the objections are or the concerns or you know, anything that Jamie is resistant about AI. And so that you can see what I've been seeing and you know, form your own opinion on whether it's, it's for you or not. Jamie, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mark. Good to be here. Wonderful. And Jamie, you've you got a very interesting background. Will you spend uh, the next 30 to 60 seconds giving us your background? Sure. Currently, I'm an executive recruiter. I'm an executive senior partner at TalentFoot Executive Search. We're a boutique executive search firm that's dedicated solely to the digital marketing world. Uh, I've been a recruiter now for about 22 years. Uh, prior to becoming a recruiter, I actually worked in the advertising agency world myself. I was in client services working at Footcone and Building in Orange County on the Mazda team. And prior to that, I worked at Bozell on the Chrysler Plymouth team. So I do have a bit of an advertising marketing background before becoming a recruiter in the same industry. So in your recruiting, are you using marketing and sales tools? All the time. You know, my biggest question is, why haven't you used AI solutions for your sales and marketing efforts yet? That's a good question. Um, I think, as you mentioned in the intro, it really does have to do with my real knowledge. I'd have to say that that's probably the, my ignorance. Um, I'm very familiar with all the other uh, marketing tools. We do a lot in social. We do a lot in e-com. We do all the other avenues. But AI it just seems to be one that I'm not really familiar with. And the more research I do about it, I'm getting more comfortable with it. But I also see... I don't feel it has the emotion impact that you need to have to really get a true read of the marketing data. Where does that come from? Where, where do you believe that you don't get a true read of the data? Because most people think, hey, I use AI so that it can look at all the noise and find the signals. True, but I, the way I see it, and you're the expert in AI, so feel free to correct me. Maybe, again, it's just my ignorance, but... Uh, you get all this data, you get all this information, but I think you get more pinpoint, more laser-like focus with your marketing efforts in other avenues. For example, from what I understand about AI, you, you can identify 34, 20, excuse me, 18 to 34-year-old males making a certain income, living in certain demographics, psychographics, but it doesn't really give you that touchy-feely information that sometimes is really relevant to being really successful in the marketing. Yeah, and, and you know, it's an interesting point you make because I don't know too many AI vendors worth their salt that even make that claim because you can't take the human out of it. All, all AI does is basically looks for patterns that humans have programmed it. And the, the best AI in the world is taking that to another level, which is on its own discovering potential patterns or solutions and ranking it, you know, in a, in a probability type fashion. And I'm sure somebody could come on here and explain to me there's even 
better AI out there. But so at this point, it, it's the only thing that's being used for, I've seen successfully in marketing and sales, is it's taking the information, all of it, because it's a computer, it can operate really fast. It's looking at data and it's saying, hey, this looks interesting to me based on what you've told me is interesting. And then it just brings it to your attention without you having to, to, to do anything about it. And, and that's just on the analytics side. We're not even talking conversational AI. But on the analytics side, it's just doing what you've told it to do uh, much better than it could even five, 10 years ago. But it's, it's, it's taking that information, it's packaging up, it's presenting it to you, and you tell it whether this is relevant or not. And if it's not AI, it just learns over time what you're really interested in. So that, that's all it's doing at this point. It's not doing the human touchy-feely intuition stuff. Uh, I don't know when we're going to be there, but it's not now. Again, it's probably one of my misconceptions. Thinking about AI, um, because we, in the executive search world, at least at Talentfoot, we try to pinpoint and have an identifiable picture in mind of who our clients are looking for before we set up to do the search to find that person. And with AI, I was under the understanding you can say I'm looking for a five foot nine, 34 year old male with blue eyes. Uh-huh. And we may want someone who's left handed, and they may say, no, we want someone who's right handed. And AI can't differentiate that. I mean, unless it's got the data, some, unless it's stored in a database or in some conversation somewhere, no, it, it won't be able to identify that. How, how do you identify that with a person? By just. We do a lot of very thorough research and screening of our candidates. I'm not going to go into the proprietary uh, screening we do, but what we also find, and I assume, again, AI is more mass communication rather than narrow casting. It, it identifies thousands, maybe millions of individuals rather than we try to select down to laser-like focus of a select handful, five, six people who may be ideal for the role that we're trying to fill. Yeah. And, and I know a little bit about recruiting through, um, you know, friends. Yeah. I think the AI in the recruitment world, and I've never had anyone on to talk about it is, you know, scouring LinkedIn and uh, potentially other sites. And it's looking for, you know, keywords. It's looking for uh, maybe a, a history pattern within, within their employment history and then bringing those things to the attention of you guys who are looking to fill a role. Uh, beyond that, it's unless the data is there, it doesn't know whether you're you know left-handed or right-handed or. Uh, it knows that's, what you want to. that's that's one of the questions we ask when we do the screening. When I have you on the phone, I would start off by finding out a little bit more about your background. I start very broad, asking all the typical questions: Where did you go to school? Tell me about your career history. Blah blah blah. Now, tell me what you do when you're not working. Let's talk about your personal side. Start describing that. Oh, you said yeah. you're a golfer. I play golf myself. Talk about your handicap. You, you play left hand or right hand? You know, we just go through yep. a process of getting information that they may not realize why we're asking such what they think are just off-the-cuff questions. Yeah. I mean, and that won't be replaced anytime soon, but you could right. take them into a conversational bot that asks the high-level questions and, and unless you're an expert programmer, it's not going to go into, True. hey, you know, what side do you wear your golf glove on? You know, what side, what hand? It's right. not going to do anything like that. It, that is 20 years away, would be my guess. Maybe sooner. You could probably get 
to what you're doing, you'll probably get there 60 or 70% of the way with first the data part of AI and then the conversational bot. Some people don't want to engage with the bot so that there might be a lot of fallout. Others, it'll just be certain use cases you just haven't anticipated and so they'll fall off that way. So I, I kind of look at AI as, hey, if you've got a repeatable single thing that you're doing, like a single job or maybe a category of jobs, it would probably really help. If, if you're sourcing from a variety of different jobs and, and types of functions and all that kind of stuff, it's probably not a good solution for you. I, I'd say the, the, um, the data aspect of it is I, I think anyone can use, but in terms of a conversational but in, in replacing a human being like yourself, no way, not a chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We are very niche oriented. So, um, like I said, all the roles we fill at Talentfoot Executive Search are only those in the marketing and at marketing and advertising world. We don't place, like a lot of great recruiting firms have an IT division or a, a medical division, finance, legal, hospitality. We don't. Touch in that. If even one of our best clients asks us to fill a role like that, we say that's not what we do. You should find another recruiting firm to help you with that. It makes a lot of sense. So, when you're looking at solutions to help you become better, you know, in recruiting, what are the things that you use now? We do a lot of training. We uh, have a lot of uh, not only motivational type speakers, but also some of the more experienced and more well. Um, refined recruiters in our own industry. I mean, it, recruiting is a, is a really interesting industry where, unlike the advertising world where I came from, where it's very competitive, we have lots of competitors and there are lots of recruiters out there who do what we do. We're not saying we're the only ones and by all means, we would never say that, but we're also willing to help. If we can't help a candidate or a client with a specific search, we're very open to calling another recruiting firm where we may know somebody or they refer people to us. So it's a very open, engaging, helpful uh, fraternity. But what tools do you use? Do you use LinkedIn? Do you use what types uh, we, of... We, we do a lot of LinkedIn. We have our own internal uh, database. We, uh, we never go to the boards. Um, any recruiter goes to the boards, we feel is um, going to the low-hanging fruit that the client could do without paying are our fees. And we basically yeah. do a lot of networking with people. Like I said, I can't spend 12 years in the advertising agency world myself. First thing I do is I'll call someone who has a like-minded skill set to what my client is looking for and say, Hey, listen, Mark, I got a client who's looking for someone who's got this type of a background. Who do you know? Who are the best people? If you're going to start your own company and you had this account, who would you go to to start this? Leave this yeah. So a lot of, finding these people is through networking, networking. and looking at LinkedIn. Yeah. And, and AI obviously is not going to replace networking. I mean, it, you're not going to have robots out there talking to people yet. So <laughs> it, it's, it's very challenging. I would say the, the, the space to focus on would be on, you know, finding people uh, through some kind of a, an AI solution that's scouring the internet or scouring LinkedIn and, at least presenting candidates to you that you could call. Uh, granted, it won't replace networking at all, but it will at least give you a bigger, bigger pool potentially, especially if you train it for a certain, if you're in a niche, if you train it for a niche, because it's like bots are, and AI is kind of like, they're like babies and, and you have to bring these babies into your business and you have to nurture and, and grow them and educate them on, on what's necessary. But 
you know, after three or four months, you can have a pretty intelligent college grad that's, that's out there uh, talking and analyzing people uh, and, and potential, potential candidates for, for positions. That would, that would take some time. Uh, yeah, that's a fair assessment, but you're you're right. Uh, networking is never going to go away. Right. I mean, yeah. uh, people would much rather talk to people than talking to a robot or to a machine or answering no a question. series of questions. Yeah, I mean, look at look what happens with Siri and even Alexa. Exactly. You can't have a full on conversation with them. I mean, they 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 don't get half the things right. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I just give up. I mean, there's a fir- few things that they do well, like you know, give you directions or order something off of Amazon. Uh, but most of the time you try to carry on a conversation with them. It's, it's fruitless. Yep. You're better off with a two year old at that point. <laughs> you know, when you hear about artificial intelligence, what questions do you have about that term or the industry in itself that you have always wondered about and, and uh, haven't been, have, had answered yet? Well, I think you answered one of them earlier and that was, um, how refined you can make the information, but that as much time as it would take, I would guess to program a robot, as you keep saying, to give me the specs that I want. I personally could work much quicker and get the results I want. So that that's my one concern is how narrow focus can you make something and get the quicker results for your client? Here's the downside and the upside of an AI solution in that respect. I mean, on the one hand, uh, yes, it takes longer to train uh, an AI solution than it does a human being. On the other hand, Jamie, now that you trained that AI solution or that bot, it scales indefinitely. You you could have 10,000 conversations at once. You don't have to pay it a salary. You don't have benefits. You don't have the headache of, you know, there's no AI uh, human resources department uh, and probably won't see one soon. So those are the benefits as well. It probably takes three times as long, maybe even more to train one. But once you train one, you've trained 10,000. Does that make sense? Makes sense. But it also makes me uh, leery. Something's going to take away my job. No, (laughs) I don't think so. I I think I don't think so. No, but a lot of people think this way, and from what I see, it just helps us become better. Uh, I think we're a long, t- a long way away before any kind of AI solution takes. So, I mean, how you would have to be able to replicate human beings' feelings. Yeah, to, exactly. And, and it, it'd have to be in context of a of a situation that that comes with experience. It'd have to know how to handle different personality types. I mean, geez, we're, we're way off from that. I haven't seen anything even close to that yet. So. Uh, any other questions before we wrap things up? No, I, I think AI is definitely uh, something I need to dig a little bit more into, get more educated about because there could be some benefits. But like any computer instrument, it sounds like AI is only as good as the information you put in to get the information yep. out. Yep, it's only as good. Yep, it's, it's, right now it is. Now there are AI programs that will learn on its own just based on the inputs and the, the end results. And that's doing it on its own. But the initial set of parameters has to be programmed by a human being. I mean, if you look at IBM's Watson, you know, it's helping doctors all around the world right now. Well, it, it took a long time to train it to be able to identify these things and to become, I think they're up to like an 86% accuracy on diagnoses and solutions 
to medical related problems, which is damn good, but it yeah. took a long time. You had to go to medical school. That's <laughs> what they told me. You know, the AI solution had to go to medical school, just like a human being would. I was going to bring up Watson as an example as well, because Watson is very fast and very accurate. But unless you have the time and financial ability to program it that way, it's all for naught unless it uh, delivers the results you need in the speed that is necessary. Yeah. That makes sense? I mean. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. And it's an expensive solution as well. I mean, there's far less expensive solutions that you can deploy. It won't be as powerful, not even close. But, you know, if you've got a very simple use case, then AI can help out a lot. And because of its scalability, if you need to have, you know, 100 agents on the phones, you could probably reduce that to 50 if it's a very niche use case and the bots can handle 90% of the questions. Uh, you've seen this, and a lot of people won't like this analogy, but it's true. You've seen this with these phone trees. You know, you call a company, you hardly ever get a person anymore. They've replaced it with a series of recordings that you could touch, you know, one or two. And, you know, I, I bet the use cases that they handle are maybe 50%, maybe even less. Uh, people either just give up or they just figure out how to get, reach an operator. But there's a good subset of those that, that they reach. Now, with an AI chatbot or a conversation bot, for example, you can get way beyond that phone tree because the phone tree is pretty limited. You know, with, uh, with a bot, a conversational bot, you can go in all sorts of different directions and make sure that you cover, you know, 80-90% of the use cases. And if somebody wants to have a conversation, the bot can be pretty good about having that conversation depending on how it's, how it's been trained. So, all right. So, let's wrap things up, Jamie. I, I do want to ask you one question. What is your favorite AI solution? And I think you chose Alexa. You might have uh, I Alexa. think that Alexa because that's one that came to mind readily. But now yeah. that uh, you've explained a little bit more, I, would, I, I think something like that as well because I'm very much into music. Uh, so being able to play me 70s hits from Bruce Springsteen, Alexa can dig them up quicker than I can find it in my CD case. So... That might, that might still be it, Alexa. still might be the yeah. answer I could give. All right, wonderful. And that's a very, very simple solution. Right. It's more of a voice AI solution. But, you know, that's where we start. You start simple and then you, anyone that's watched or listened to this podcast for, for a while knows that you got to start very small and then you keep building as you learn about how things operate in AI world. So, um, better you get yeah, to know that's Mark, you find how simple I really am. <laughs> well, simple's good in this space. It's just, it can get really complicated really fast, and that's when the problems begin. <laughs> so, well, Jamie, we're going to wrap things up. I really appreciate you coming on and, and uh, being kind of the, the naysayer, if you will, although you weren't really a naysayer. <laughs> You're well, just kind of open. You're open to, to, to AI solutions, so it was a pleasant well, surprise. I, yeah, well, I try not to be too much of a naysayer about anything else. I'm absolutely adamant, and there's very few things that I cannot be – opinionated about, but I'd also be one of those open-minded enough to accept what I don't know and hopefully learn from it. Yep. So we're, we're going to do this, I think every 20 episodes or so, I'm, I'm going to bring on somebody that hasn't used AI in, in whatever marketing or sales capacity they're in, and then just ask them similar types of questions. You know, why not? What's the, the, the roadblock? Because I, I know a lot of you listening are having the same issues within your organizations. And it just sounds like from 
uh, Jamie's perspective, he just doesn't is not aware of all the solutions that are out there, and you know that that awareness is just beginning with the the hardcore users, the early adopters. So I wouldn't expect it to be anyone beyond that. So we'll see. And I wonder, Jamie, if we talk in a year where you'll be, but we'll see what happens uh, in the recruiting world. Maybe I'll find an example and bring you back on to, to, to comment on it. Uh, that would um, be very interesting to find out. Yeah, and absolutely. And um, I will do some more digging and see if uh, I'm mind changed because I was one of the early, early adapters on LinkedIn. And that certainly has evolved both positively and negatively over the last decade. So I'll be yeah, glad it certainly to... Has. to uh, reconvene with you and talk about where I am today as opposed to on this date a year ago. Wonderful. All right. So with that, I want you guys to subscribe to the podcast. If you like interviews like these, you've got your, we interview CEOs of AI companies all the way down to users and use cases. And we bring people like Jamie on that haven't used it yet. And we ask them, you know, why not? And, um, if you're interested in this type of thing, please subscribe, tell your friends about it, share this podcast, and would love to hear from you in the comments or on the social media channels that I have. So with that, Jamie, I really appreciate your time and uh, look forward to our next conversation. Great. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate it as well.